Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, the very tired, very sleepy, <laughs> Santo, joined, as always, by the nachos to my chicken wings. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I am feeling like if I stick all together, then I only count as one nah, of those. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, bro. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're, you're not regular nachos, though. Your tater tot nachos. Ooh, this joke is not. This joke nachos. is not racist. This is, uh, that's definitely racist. Um, <laughs> also, uh, the term for uh, nachos when you use a potato product is Irish nachos. So, uh, you are uh, me saying well, actually your spaghetti. Tacho. This is not Ta- racist. Tacho, tacho, tachos are so good. I'm Listen, not complaining. Um, I have no Odin, problem my, being potato tacos. My son nachos. was. My son was watching a a, a, a a a episode of Sesame Street, and there was like a part where they were like, "They're like, oh no, we don't have chips for our pretend nachos." Which one? Terrible premise. They're pretend nachos. Just pretend you have chips. But two, <laughs> uh, the 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 um. So the kid was like, "Let's just use tater tots instead." And I was like, "That kid, cool kid. That's a cool kid." Um. Anyway, our our very own. Uh. I don't know. Uh. Well, sorry. I. Yeah, hit me, some, oh, hit me with some German no, German racism uh, there. No, okay, yeah, very own bratwurst. It's <laughs> Eric Ronovic. Eric, how you doing? Yeah, Eric, you're the worst. How dare you, sir? Uh, hey, man, nothing like a little uh, grilled onions, beer brats. That's a great, uh, great one. Yeah, All right, so we uh, we're gonna start off with a this week. There was a little, some uh, some college stuff. There was uh, some of the uh, some tangentially college things. Senior senior bowl action. So. Uh, was the East West game yet? What what, East what, what happened? Game was uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half yeah, ago. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, and then uh, the uh, the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl. We got all kinds of um, stuff going on in college football. And Kevin, uh, Kevin watched it. I just I just watched clips on Twitter. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not watch uh, much more than that. I just I just scrolled Twitter to see stuff. I don't think there's a uh, huge so, difference. If I'm being okay. honest. <laughs> Sweet. I don't feel it. I don't feel okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get on. A, I'm going to get on a little uh, pedestal here for a second. Um, the worst thing about this is when they show um, the guys doing drills. Um, like when they show like a, like a, like a wide receiver cornerback one-on-one and then they like, like break it down. And it's like, this is worthless. The one-on-ones like, um, do you know how many one-on-ones at Alabama doesn't practice now? Uh, Z- they, zero uh, senior they, day. They, they they don't do them because they're <laughs> worthless. It's a worthless exercise. That's not what football's like. Like a lot. Like let's just talk about like wide receiver, quarterback, one on one specifically because I think it's the most worthless drill. Although they're all pretty worthless. Um, because what's a cornerback's job usually on a play? To push a receiver in a certain direction towards help. It ain't to just like cover a guy one on one. There's like five guys in the NFL. That's their job. Like and then and, and four of them suck at it and, J- and then there's Jalen Ramsey, so like <laughs> so I don't understand what's the point of of watching a guy do one on one. None of those guys are going to do that in the NFL. There's none of them, literally zero. And if there is someone who's going to do it, we all would already know it. Kind of like Jalen Ramsey. I'm about you know? to say there's a reason Jalen Ramsey wasn't at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's it's just it's just ridiculous. And even like the offensive line one on ones are stupid because the same thing. You can push a guy towards your help. You know where your other players are. Like football's a team game at the end of the day. And watching a running back run a, a circle route against a linebacker in a one on one drill is just makes me laugh. It's just like, okay, whatever. That's this is dumb. But 
there is some stuff from the actual games that I think is pretty can be pretty interesting because, like I said, football is a team game. So, Kevin, what did you notice as you kind of watched and uh, and looked at the uh, the players who are appearing in both the uh, the East West Shrine Bowl and the uh, Senior Bowl? Okay, I'm going to push back on you in one aspect. Um, is there like one drill you really like? No, it's not that. <laughs> uh, here's what I think the drills are good for. The drills are not good for coaching. The drills are good for seeing aspects of play and characteristics in isolation. It's about, so it's about they, like, can I see you? Uh, if, if you're a corner, can you uh, transition out of a kick? Um, like if you're, if you're in a backpedal, how's your backpedal? How do you transition? Um, how's your change of direction? Like if a wide receiver catches the ball on you, that doesn't tell me anything except for the drills working as intended. The wide receiver's think, advantage is insane. I think a lot of one-on-one drills reinforce bad technique. So I'm going to like push back even farther on that. Like, I think they reinforce like bad technique. What one well, thing they do show you, and I will, to, uh, I will agree with this. Yeah. They show you attitude. Okay. And I think an attitude does matter. And like, you know, if you do like a drill where like a running back has to pick up a blitz, you're going to know right away, which running backs are going to want, are going to do that. Right. So, so like attitude and attitude does matter. So I can see it from that perspective, but I just think like, like, trying to derive skills from that you're be- much better off like finding game tape or watching these actual games these all-star games are actually i think pretty pretty good right. like they the guys play football in these games they like try to make them play a, a legitimate scrimmage they game. do and they're generally they're gen they're genuinely playing pretty hard because they understand it's a chance to impress a lot of scouts yeah. so i guess what i'll do is i'll bring up some guys and i'll tell you what in the drills made me look oh. at them Ooh, okay. And what I found out when I went through. So I went ahead and picked um, one dude each from uh, six position groups that uh, I know that we're looking at. Okay. All right. So uh, Ed Ingram is a interior offensive line from LSU. He's 6'3", 315. And in the senior bowl, um, when he's playing against some of the really big guys in drills, as well as in the game, I noticed that he has a, a really good anchor. So he's a hard guy to push around. He's a hard guy to uh, push back, which... Um, Anyone who's listened to me kind of rant against certain Seahawks interior offensive linemen um, knows that something I hate is when the offensive lineman gets pushed like five feet into the backfield. It's it's really annoying. Justin Britt. Um, no comment. So I uh, so his uh, anchor and his strength are what I noticed in the one on ones, which might be go back to his uh, film. So he played left guard and right guard. He played center and senior role practice, and he looked like he could snap the ball and get out of his stance and block. So that's good. Nice. Um, what I noticed in uh, game tape watching mid LSU is lateral quickness is pretty solid. He gets to the second level and this dude just levels linebackers. Mm. So the uh, the drills made me take a second look at him to look at his tape. And that's kind of what I use this for. It gives me a chance mm. to figure out who I want to go look at. Yeah. And also you can see how big someone is, too. Yeah. And Eddie Grimm's a professional large human. <laughs> like you can see like oh this guy's this guy's big yeah for sure uh so a guy you're really familiar with stood out to me abraham lucas the right tackle from washington state also, also big yeah extremely hey, big hey did you know abraham lucas played basketball i mean he's six seven <laughs> so i feel like by default he had to at some point if we if, if we draft him it's gonna come up trust <laughs> me oh his feet are so great because he played basketball it's like okay we know <laughs> Uh, so something that I noticed in the one-on-one drills was that uh, he was really quick in his kick. So yeah, he um, are good. Yeah, he has excellent footwork. He just struggles against like really strong bull rush. 
Yeah, you can run him over. Like you can. It's because I think it's because he's really tall. Yeah, I think uh, he has uh, some leverage trouble. I also think that uh, he needs to he needs to do more squats, grow that butt. Okay, nice, get big booty. That's right. That's very important. Um, for football I mean, players. like he looks like the kind of guy who should be really powerful. So I, I would think that eventually, if we get him into a like an NFL level strength program, oh dang it, we don't have that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, at running back, a guy who's going to be a day three guy is Abram Smith out of Baylor. Um, what I liked about him is, uh, watching him block and, uh, uh, watching him block in the games, he actually knows what he's doing, which is not something you'd say about a lot of college running backs. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about this just in general, since we're talking about running backs right now. Um, I've started watching a lot of running backs because I have a feeling we're going to take one. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a position we don't have like a, if if Carson's neck is really bad and we don't resign Penny, we have we have to have a succession plan there. It's not just DJ Dallas. And uh, this is a really good running back class. Yes, it is. Like, holy smokes. This reminds me of the the Swift Taylor kind of like all of these guys you could justify taking towards. There's a bunch of guys you could justify taking towards like end of round one, beginning of round two. But none of them are going to – they're not all going to get taken. Like, they're all really good. There's just so many of them. Yeah, there's going to be a dude sitting in round three or, like, top of round four that you're like, that guy was there? Like, you got Brees Hall at the beginning of the fourth? That's insane. I hope it's not Brees Hall. He doesn't deserve that. (laughs) (laughs) He he deserves deserves to have, like, four straight thousand-yard seasons to start his career with us. He deserves better. (laughs) I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be Rashad White is the guy who's going to be sitting around that I'm like, Why? Why is he still available? This is this guy is like so so fast, so yeah. much acceleration. There's going to be but like anyway. a six foot ish, two hundred and twenty ish pound guy who like just has some good burst and uh, like good leg drive, and he's just going to be chilling there in the like end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Like, yeah, sure, Rash- I'll I'll take this dude. Rashad White is going to break so many ankles. It's going to be so great. I'm so, already I'm already so excited. Abram Smith. Um, is basically just the person I'm hanging my hat on as um, he's a DJ Dallas type uh, where he's going to be sitting there like late on day three. He knows how to block. He switched from linebacker to running back, and he has a really good understanding of um, how to run in an inside zone scheme, which is what he ran in at Baylor. So he's a really good fit. He just doesn't have a lot of juice. And so Uh, he's the kind of guy you always want to have on a rookie contract. And so if we end up spending like a seventh round pick on him, he's a guy who just is a really good scheme fit, who could be our fourth running back, who is completely adequate in all ways. Um, the Travis Homer for when Travis Homer's rookie contract ends. Yeah. So apparently when I'm, I'm reading about Abram Smith right now, apparently when he was seven years old, his football coach made him do a drill called Blood Alley and he got hurt and he was crying and his mom told him he had to rub some dirt on it and get back in the game. He got um, hurt during Blood Alley. Who could have okay. seen that coming? That's he was so seven years old. If you okay, I'm if just gonna team, say, you're coaching Pop Warner and I'm you have coach. a girl called Blood Alley, you're a jerk. He was, he was seven years old playing Blood Alley, and his mom said, "Rub some dirt on, get back in." This guy could be a serial killer. I like him. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. He's, He's a real got attitude. <laughs> yeah, real dirt bag. It's, it's it's I don't even know what to do. If you're um, the kind of coach who throws your kicker under the bus after making three field goals, you'll like this guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know what <laughs> so to do gross. with this information. 
Okay. Anyway, yeah, that guy sounds. But I like the linebacker mentality at running back too. I think that would be a, a good fit for our team, especially on like third downs. He's definitely gonna be a willing blocker. He's not afraid of contact. Yeah, and he's five eleven, two twenty. He's a big dude. I mean, he learned in Blood Alley that you can't you can't be afraid of of con- a little contact. He just doesn't so, want to face his mom after the game if he backs out of it. You know, the things you learn in Blood Alley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. What was I'll name? take you to the alley. <laughs> the blood, the blood the alley. Blood alley. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, another guy who stood out to me watching one on ones um, because his movement skills were a lot better than I thought they were going to be is Jalen Petrie out of Baylor again. Um, who's kind of a slot cornerback safety hybrid type player. Uh, so he kind of looks like, I don't know, poor man's Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, the thing, so watching his game tape, which I already had, uh, he looked like a guy who could play um, like a really good box coverage, kind of strong safety um, he and I wasn't quite sure about his uh, ability to play at slot. Um, watching him on the one on one drills and watching the way he moved and mirrored with a wide receiver, um, it was cool to see him be able to keep pace with guys like uh, uh, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Um, so, were you kind of are, faster so slot corners? So, I'm reading a scouting report for him right now. Were you just like worried about his long speed? Like, he like he just doesn't uh. Because all this scouting report talks about is how his short area quickness is good, but it doesn't have anything about long speed. Yeah, I was all. worried about his long speed and his um, kind of uh, like his transitions from oh, he like back pedal to. Only, he only played in the slot. Okay, yeah, that's right. a problem for sure. Okay, I see it now. Right, and so okay. looking at him, it, like I'm like, okay, this is a guy who he's super active, really good tackler. Um, he'd be an awesome candidate to play like the slot corner role in rotation with Jamal. Like if he was playing, uh, Ugo's spot, two 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 kind of Swiss Army knives you put next to each other, yeah, and and then you could kind of shuffle them around. It yeah. says that it's the scouting report says he could play like Jimmy Ward, which is something I think that Jim they would San Francisco if Jimmy Ward was better would like to do with him. <laughs> 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 They'd like to be able to kind of move him around to different spots and stuff. But uh, he, I feel like I feel like Jimmy Ward's not bad. He's just old. He's like thirty-one. It's uh, like he's kind of aging out. And also, he's like a healthier Jimmy Ward would also be good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, so a guy I noticed on edge is Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. Um, so he has extremely good uh, first step quickness. Uh, he uses his hands a lot, which is something that college edge rushers kind of suck at a lot of the time. And he's not great with it, but the fact that he can basically use his hands well doing other things um, mm-hmm. means that he has a skill that can be developed. And so he kind of flashed to me there. So I went back and watched the tape and watching the tape. I understand why he flashed. This is one of those guys where when you watch his highlights, you're like, this guy might be a first rounder. And then you watch his game tape and you're like, this guy might be a designated pass rusher. So I, I'm forming a strong opinion on this edge defender class too. Where do you, how do you feel about this edge defender class as you started to look into it? Um, I feel like it is uh, a lot deeper than it is like great. Um, Dang, I stole it right out of my mouth, man. It's just like, it's, it's like there's no, I'm not really high on anyone. I know everyone's really high on Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, but I'm not like crazy about those guys. And then, but there's a lot of guys who have like applicable skills. It's like, dang, there's just a lot of dudes who are going to do something on an NFL football field. Like they're going to fulfill a role. Yeah. But Jermaine Johnson, I, Arnold Ebiketti, 
Drake Jackson, like there, my Jay Sanders. There's all these the, dudes where you're like these the guys are guy gonna on, go somewhere in the second. <laughs> the other guy in Michigan, uh, David Ojabo. Yeah, yeah, that guy rules. Uh, but like he's but he might be slight. just a pure pass rusher again. Like he's he might be uh, pretty slight. He didn't. Even, they didn't even play him on against Georgia on rundowns. They took him off the field. Every but if rundown. you can get Yannick Ngakwe at the beginning of the second, do you draft Yannick Ngakwe at the beginning of the second? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, or like or like if you could just have Dion Jordan out of the time machine, like make him a, make him a rookie again so that he's not, uh, you know, ruined already. <laughs> but uh, but like, yeah, this I think like there's a lot of guys who have like legitimate skills like you just mentioned one. And the, the it, it's good draft for the Seahawks because we just need some guys who can like rotate in. We don't need a and we don't need J.J. Watt. Yeah, you know? no, we and just need like a, a third down pin your ears back and make the quarterback uncomfortable guy. Yeah, guy who can get nine sacks playing only on you know second and third down. That's our guy. So I right, awesome and uh, yeah, if only a speed rusher, Kevin. That's good. The way we played this year with the five five guys on the front. The reason I think it didn't work is the guys we were dropping back in coverage were not guys who were small enough to affect the game much in coverage. It, if we all know drop, Puna Ford is life and desirable, but you're dropping Puna Ford, or you're dropping even if you're dropping, uh, you know, uh, gosh, why can't why is this name? Carl's Dunlap back Carrie in Heider. coverage, Harry <laughs> Hyder, like that's not good. And if you draft a guy like David Ojabo, or what was the guy you mentioned, Kevin? This guy uh, in Minnesota, that, that's more of a speed rusher. Yeah, these guys can actually or affect. The, yeah, they can actually affect the game in in coverage, and then you can you can go ahead and, and do some of these five-man fronts that it seems like the Seahawks want to be doing. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm into that idea. I'm, I love it. All right, you got you got any other ones? I got one last one, another position that I'm always looking for, and I know it gets everyone here excited, and that is interior defensive line. I like a big fat guy who can stuff the run. And uh, a guy who popped out to me, um, John Ridgeway, just punished every interior offensive lineman who couldn't anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's 6'5", 327. Um, he looks like he has pretty decent length based on his play. Uh, he played, uh, he looks like he'll be a zero or one tech. He played a lot of nose tackle at Arkansas. He was um, a three or four year starter at Illinois State before transferring. Mm-hmm. And he is just a really big, powerful guy. And so I went back and watched his college tape. If you would like to see his highlight tape, that is called playing against Texas's offensive line. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and it, basically, if you can't handle a bull rush, um, then John Ridgeway is a pass rusher. If you can handle a bull rush, then uh, Ridgeway is a run stuffer. Um, my only question about him is he seems to have some situational awareness issues. Like there's times where he seems to lose a little bit track of the run play. But I also know that the line rotation in Arkansas wasn't super deep. And so I'm not sure what his snap counts are, but he seems like a developmental Brian Monet type guy who we could can probably you, get on day three. Can you give me the name again? Uh, John Ridgeway, the third. Um, he's right, of the probably. third. So I know that Eric's already in. That's right. John Ridge, John Ridgeway three. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm going to say that a lot of, a lot of times if we uh, do this. Oh, some, I, I just found the, uh, the height, weight, arm length thing. Oh yeah. We talked about this already, Kevin. Cause, uh, my my boy that I was talking myself into, Kenny Pickett, has a tiny tiny little hands. He's got he's got wee uh, hands. Yeah, I warned him about that. He didn't measure his hands at the at the senior bowl. So yeah, but they're good. saying they're eight and a quarter, and I don't know how you're gonna get that over nine. Yeah, that's pretty bad. All right. 
All right, so now that we talked about the uh, senior bowl, we had to talk about another bowl that was very important. Uh, that's come that uh, had already happened actually. Pro Bowl, Kevin. I know that you thought this was going into Super Bowl. Oh dear. No, we got to talk about Pro Bowl. Uh, one, uh, Russell Wilson looked good in the accuracy thing that Thursday. That was actually fun. It was more fun than the game. Dude, they always are. Uh, I wish they would just do a bunch of weird skills competition things. They I wish fun. they would play. I honestly wish they would play flag football. Like it does it. It's so embarrassing. Like when Mac Jones did that like 80 yard run and it's like, this is not football. Yeah, and no one wants to tackle or try and tackle. Everyone just kind of looks up like a eh. JJ Watt was like, I've seen walkthroughs that were more intense. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good quote. Uh, so yeah, uh, no, let's, let's talk Super Bowl. Obviously Super Bowl. We're going to do the uh, Super Bowl props. I'm going to use the athletics. Uh, the athletic released a Super Bowl prop downloadable uh, sheet. So you can download it and play along. So you can go to The Athletic and download this. This article is by Brandon Funston. Uh, it's got 23 props on it on one page. You could hand this to your friends and say, hey, uh, do it. If you need, if you don't have a, um, a subscription to The Athletic, stop being such a cheap bastard. Or just ask me on the Discord. I'll give you this this Word document. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, all right. First one. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, and you guys can uh, keep track of who's the best at this. And uh, all right, how long will the national anthem be? Mickey Guyton, the singer, one minute and fifty-five seconds. Over or under? Over or under. I make this bet every season, and every season I lose my shirt, so I'm going under. A average length. Uh, I'll give you some. Want some, want some stats? Sure. Uh, average length of 16 national anthems is two minute point four seconds, but it's drug up by the two dual performances. The 14 solo performances are an average of one minute and 58.6. Um, she sang the national anthem at the 2021 National Memorial Day concert where she kept a very brisk pace, clocking in at a 127, which would be an all time low. Billy Joel holds the record for low at 130. All right, what'd you pick? What'd you pick, Eric? I'm going under. Every year I say under. over. Last few years I've said over, and I regret it. Just big okay. regrets. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, I also actually had researched this and had the minute 27. Um, and the last time it was under 90 seconds was uh, Kelly Clarkson in 2012. I think we're going to get pretty close to that. I'm going to go under, and I think well under. What will be the dominant color of Mickey Gray Guyton's outfit? Okay, your choices: white, yellow, or and or gold. That you get both. Gold, blue, black, gray, and or silver. Get both that one. Red and or pink. Uh, purple, green, orange. Uh, if you Google search Mickey Guyton, uh, you're going to see a lot of her dressed in white. <laughs> so, so, what do you guys think? I was Google searching Mickey Guyton to see what she was mostly dressed in, so I'm going with white. The at the uh, the national performance thing, she was wearing a yellow dress at the Memorial Day thing. Uh, I'm going blue on this one, Nathan. Oh, why? Uh, it just because he likes blue. Because I googled a picture of her, and I don't think blue is going to be it. Uh, you know what? We'll just we'll go with red. S change it to red. I like silver because uh because da da this is in Vegas, right? No, it's in LA. It's in LA. Which, oh. Where the Raiders, where the Raiders <laughs> right. used to play. Yellow, yellow, yellow slash gold then. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what player will be shown on camera first during the national anthem? Stafford or Burrow? Anyone, just popcorn it out. Burrow. Burrow. 
Yes. All right. Burrow's a slight favorite, actually. Which coach will be shown on camera during first during the national anthem? McVeigh or Taylor? It's McVeigh. McVeigh is a pretty big, uh, pretty decent favorite. Minus one fifty. What will the coin flip be? Heads or tails? Ask Gina. Heads. <laughs> uh, tails is up twenty nine to twenty six all time. But heads has won three of the past four Super Bowls. Ooh, I like those trend lines. Past thirteen. <laughs> so, Kevin, you going heads? I'm going heads. It's making the comeback. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who will appear in a Super Bowl commercial first? The Budweiser's Clydesdales or Frito Lay's Megan the Stallion? Clint, Clydesdale or Stallion? Come on, that's great. That that's was really great. That's funny. Uh, you know, going back to all those uh, Popeye Adman commercials, uh, going Megan the Stallion. I'll right. back Eric on this one because I think we might not see the Clydesdales. Oh, the Clydesdales are in. So some of these, some so most of these commercial-based questions are based on a commercial that already has been released. Got it. Like, like they've seen. So, who will be shown first during the FTX commercial? So we know these people are in it, but we don't know what order they're in it. Okay. Um, Steph Curry, Tom Brady, Giselle, or Shohei Otani? Who will they show first? It's gonna be. It's, it's gonna be Tom. Who cares? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Steph because I think Tom and Jell are gonna be shown together. Steph is a slight favorite, so nice job, Kevin. Uh, uh, guessing the favorite, uh, Shohei is a huge dog, plus four hundred. Uh, for the and this is for the FTX cryptocurrency he exchange. Can't, he can't lead a commercial. No Whatever. I don't know why. Okay, why they why they're advertising this? Which actor who has played a Marvel character will show up in the Super Bowl commercial first? So these people are on a, on these commercials. Okay, so which commercial will air first? Paul Rudd for Frito Lay. Uh, Brie Larson for Nissan Z or Salma Hayek for BMW. Brie Larson. That commercial is everywhere all the time. Yeah, I was going to say this commercial is very out there already. I'm I'm with you there. All right. uh, And Paul Rudd, his his commercials with Seth Rogen and uh, Salma Hayek's with Arnold in her uh, her ad. All right. Which will be shown first during any any Super Bowl commercial, a rocket, a moon, an astronaut, or an alien. <laughs> wow. I'm going to go with the moon. I'll go with the moon also because of that awesome movie that's coming out. Rocket plus 125 favorite. So, Ooh. Ooh, yeah, all of uh, Rocket Mortgage is right there waiting for it. That's uh, plus 175. still in business. I have no idea. Moon, moon plus 175. <laughs> so it's right there. Uh, all right. Halftime show based props. How many of the halftime show headliners will appear on stage to start the show? Okay, there's five people, so you got to pick a number between one and five. Uh, to qualify, they need to be on stage before any words are sung, rapped, or spoken by any other artist. So you got to be able to see them all, basically. Uh, they're the five artists: Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and Eminem. I'm gonna go with one. I think it's gonna start with someone who kind of basically introduces into everyone else. Okay. I I was thinking two. Because like uh, Dre yeah. and Snoop together, that makes sense to me for similar reasons. Though it's like going to start with Dre and Snoop, then Eminem comes out. Yeah, or does it start Mary with Jay Eminem and, and then he pulls out and Dre and Snoop? And then, I'll yeah, just go with yeah. one because I I think you don't start on a on a double. So that's, that's okay. It. So who will be the first to speak, sing, or rap during the halftime show? I already said the people. There are odds. Um, Dre is the favorite, but no one has like a minus odds. Like everyone is plus one fifty to plus three fifty. I'll go Eminem. So, Eminem. What? Who's like singing? It. Who's the singer? Dre. The, there's Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Mary I wouldn't J. call Blige it, is. I wouldn't call any of these people like big time. Like they're all like 
they're all rappers, right? Like, yeah. Aren't they, they, so, like, I mean, she's going to be. Mary J. Blige gonna, is a we're singer, getting in here. She'll, she'll right. start it all nice. and. What will nice. be the first song played during the halftime show? You can bet. These are the ones you could pick that have odds, or you could take the field. So the you got um, California Love, Next Episode, Family Affairs, Still Dre, Nothing But a G Thing, Lose Yourself, Drop It Like It's Hot, All the Stars, Humble, or, you know, The Field. No, I'll, just I'll take, take the field. field. I feel like California love. Now that I, now that's, that I see that, that seems that like is, a really obvious choice. That's, no, that's the that's the showstopper, man. That's at the end. Okay, all right. So what do you, Eric? What are you taking? I'm field taking the also? field because it's going to be something that is going to have a female vocal. I'm telling you, it's going to start slow. She'll singing, and then all of a sudden, so and so will come out and go, yeah, and then uh, the crowd will go nuts. <laughs> all right, here here you go. Well, any of these people. Any of these make a cameo appearance on stage during the halftime show. You ready? Mm. Jay-Z, Ice Cube, or Tupac's Hologram? (laughs) (laughs) Tupac's Hologram. I'm just wishing it to an existence. What if if the answer to that question about the numbers is zero, and they start with California Love and Tupac's Hologram? That'd be the best. Best halftime show. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go Ice Cube. Yeah, Ice Cube. So Ice Cube, you know, obviously SoCal guy. Jay-Z's Rock Nation is co-producing the halftime show. All right. Total songs played during the halftime show. Over 10 and a half, under 10 and a half. Over. Over. The average halftime show is 14 minutes. So you guys are betting that, like, they're going to do mo- almost a song a minute. That is crazy. No, we're going to get meddling. Yeah, it's going to be like uh, a verse of one I song hate. going into. Um, I hate stuff like that. It's going to be what's happening, though, when you have five performers. All right, game prop. Here we go. Which team will score first, Rams or Rams or Bengals? Bengals. Rams. All right, Rams are a slight favorite, minus 140. Which will be the first penalty of the game? Offensive holding, false start, defensive pass interference or holding, defensive offsides, or roughing the passer slash kicker? Uh, DPI. Uh, it'll be... Uh... Uh, oh, you can take a field. You could take a field also. So any penalty that's not listed. Holding. But I don't do that. I say take holding deep. <laughs> I look. I look this up. Uh, take holding DPI or, or false start. Yep, those ones are those and DPI because you get defensive holding. It's basically even with false start and offensive holding. Uh, who will have the longest catch of the game uh, between these two players, Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase? Cooper Cup, underdog. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Cup too because I think Ramsey's going to be on Chase. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what he's asking for, we've heard. Uh, will a player who is not a running back or wide receiver score a touchdown? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Both teams use their tight end quite a bit. I think there's a good chance Uzoma or KB scores one. Yeah, I, I think a rushing, rushing touchdown too. Uh, Burrow can run, kind of. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Um, he got like, what, 43 yards rushing against the uh, Burrow's Chiefs. Burrow's pretty decent, yeah. He's, like, he's got uh, those there- Andrew Luck wheels. Will there be a flea flicker, non-quarterback pass, fake punt, or onside kick in the Super Bowl? 100%. I say no. Uh, Very uh, I re- Odell Beckham pass play is like a coach's favorite because he actually can really throw. So we already saw one in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another one in this game. Uh, will a highlight video clip of Chris Conworth playing in one of the Bengals' previous two Super Bowls be shown during the broadcast? He is calling the game, by the Ooh, way. So it'd have to be during. Yep. I'm going to still say yes. Uh, I'll go and say yes. 
He they lost to the Niners twice. He had eight catches for 147 receiving yards in those two games. Not bad, Chris. Uh, too bad your announcing is bad now. Okay. Um, it was good when he started, but man, it was, he just, yeah, it's now everything is just the great. Everything is just the greatest or the best of all time. It's like, bro, these superlatives, I can't handle it. Okay. What color will the Gatorade be poured on the coach? You know, the classic orange, blue, green, yellow, lime, clear, red, pink, purple. Since 2001, orange has come in five times. Blue has three. Um, then there's clear water and none have uh, four apiece. Uh, purple. I love the clear. Red. I'll go the orange. I don't know. Uh, I don't know this one. This one's hard. If the Rams win, it's going to be blue. But if the Bengals win, it's going to be orange. Like it's like that's clear is kind of a hedge because either team could opt for water. Yes. Who will the MVP think first? Teammates, God, city, coach, owner, family, fans, or other? City owner because if it's la they're gonna have oh. to thank the city because they're in la if, if, if it's burrow if, he's gonna think Cincinnati because he's a Cincinnati guy if stafford thanks stan Kroenke first i will die inside <laughs> <laughs> cannot take it all right point spread rams minus four and a half cincinnati plus four and a half let's uh let's get into our picks here what do you guys think cincinnati plus four and a half I right. think that Cincinnati wins close or Cincinnati loses close are the two most likely outcomes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Eric? I'll go Rams. Uh, Rams in a close one. Uh, only because I don't want the Rams to win, but you got to go with your brain, not your heart. And something was pointed out to me that I, I hate, but this is true. Uh, do you know the last time a team that wore their home uniforms won the Super Bowl? Mm-mm. We're going back something like 17 years. It's a long time. And the Bengals had a chance to win the Super Bowl, uh, but they chose their home uniforms. So I'm going Rams, and I'm very sad about it. Good, solid, deductive reason. Thank you. Rams I, it's, four and a half. I, like I give the stats that no one else will, Kevin. Um, I'm going I'm gonna go with, uh, I don't know. I, I think this line is really good, to be yep. honest with you, because yeah, the, Rams are the, the Rams are a better team. They have the, you know, they'll have the best players on the field when they're on offense and on defense, which is tough for me to deal with mentally <laughs> because I don't want the Rams to win. Uh, but the Bengals have enough talent to win this game. They're not bad. The biggest difference, I think, is Sean McVay's a better coach than Zach Taylor. So I'll take Rams minus four and a half uh, and, and I'll hate it. And I'm going to be I'm obviously going to be pulling super hard for, for the Bengals, uh, as you guys will see in the discord, I think. So, OK. It would, we would be remiss if we did not mention the fact that the Seahawks have decided to promote uh, Clint Hurt to defensive coordinator, hire Ed Donatel as a defensive quality control coach, and are rumored to be bringing in either Sean Desai, Carl Scott, or both to be secondary uh, coaches slash co-DCs with, uh, with Clint Hurt. Uh, so let's talk about each of these guys, starting with uh, Hurt, who we've covered a little bit here. So Clint Hurt. Is a Clint Hurt is a defensive line coach. Uh, he's going to be coaching on the line, and uh, Donatel was probably brought in as a complement to that, right? Donatel is a secondary coach, a longtime uh, secondary coach, <laughs> he, yeah. who, who was last with the uh, the st- the stout Broncos defense, and before that was the defensive back coach for the stout Bears defense. This guy's been with a, a lot of good defenses for a really long time. Uh, 
and yeah, he's a good he's a good defensive football coach. I think it's a great this is a great move bringing in a sixty five year old old hand to kind of just be there with Clint and make sure uh, you know keeps his head on straight. Uh, I think it's a great choice. Well, maybe Donatel uh, can tater with uh, uh, Pete a little bit. Yeah, be his accountability accountability buddy. Yeah. Um, Sean Des- mm. Sean Desai, I think, is the guy the Seahawks want a lot. They want him bad. I think they are very interested in having him in our as a part of our team. He was the Bears DC last year. He's a kind of a hot coach. He's got a lot of interviews this year. He just had one with the Vikings. So I'm, I'm, um, he was a finalist with the giants before they got Martindale. Yeah. I'm guessing that I'm guessing that he's going to get hired by the Vikings, but if he doesn't, um, yeah, it'd be awesome hire. I mean, he turned, he turned Eddie Jackson into a star and Eddie Jackson gives him a lot of credit for helping develop him into a, a, a really good player. And so, um, bringing him in to work with our safeties, I think would be, would be awesome. It would be really, really great. And it would, you know, continue to balance out our, our coaching staff uh, if we can get him. Now, if he, if he gets hired, he gets hired. You know, I don't think Carl Scott is a, is a terrible backup plan to Sean Desai. I decide a lot better in my opinion. I was not a huge fan of the Viking secondary last year, and I don't think it was like completely devoid of talent and they were really bad. Uh, but Carl Scott did do a really good job coaching in Alabama. I don't know how hard that is though. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like he, he was coached, but you got like f- your the guys you get are better than the guys that are across the field from you. So this is true. I don't know. I'll also right. say he was a coach at Texas Tech, which did not get the greatest defensive talent, and um, he helped a few guys get into the league from there. Um, the other thing is, I will say, I think Minnesota's young defensive back showed some improvement. Uh, Their defense did get better throughout the year. I agree with that. And that is kind of to his credit. You also know a guy who spent 12 years teaching. Uh, defensive backs at the college level is definitely a teacher and for a team that needs to um, help young defensive backs improve that's going to be something that uh, would be very helpful and the other thing is him coming in doesn't block us from bringing in like he could be our cornerbacks coach and then Desai is our safeties coach slash co-DC pass game coordinator or whatever like it like that's the other thing is bringing in Carl Scott doesn't block us from bringing in Sean Desai no, and it, one thing I like is that this this seems like we're building a staff, right? Yep. Uh, like a like a team of defensive guys that are all going to work together. We're putting a bunch of different voices in the room, and if Pete can get all these guys kind of rowing in the same direction, it's a lot of really good defensive minds. A lot of these guys. I mean, Carl Scott coaching under Saban for for three years, like that. You get to be around like a football genius, right? Like that's like you get to be working under that guy. If he picked whatever he picked up, like bam, this he could be great. Uh, Desai was part of some really good defensive and some really good development from the from that Bears secondary. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. and so like boom, that's an awesome guy to go get. Yeah, that guy. The guy's already shown he can develop talent, and then you got. Donatelle yeah, with a long track record, a long track record. And then, and then hurt who I think, you know, a lot of people might say like, Oh, well, our pass rush has been kind of up and down and stuff, but we have not had a lot of talent along the defensive line and we're still getting some sacks. We're still getting some pressures, right? It's not like, like the, the, the counting stats are not that bad. And so I don't know. I thought, I think that overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we've done at the defensive coordinator position this off season. And I hope that it gets us all on the same page because 
the biggest problem the Seahawks have had is both of the last two years, they've started off really, 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 really slow. Yep. Yeah. And if they if they can just start off and play good from from week one, this is a, this is a great def- this is a great potential, you know, for this defensive staff to to turn us around. So yeah. If they can just uh, get out of if Pete can just get out of the way a little bit. Kevin, what do you what do you think about the uh the old defensive coaching staff? Are you do you agree? Are they is it is it been pretty good or is it uh I think the group maybe, that we're I, assembling maybe I, here am I overrating it? I think the group we're assembling here is um like I, I think we've been pretty consistent all along. Uh guys like Dan Quinn, Chris Richard, uh Gerard Mayo, uh they weren't ever coming. Fangio was never going to be here. Flores was never going to come. Like we were going to end up getting people who uh, are not head like defensive head coaches or not like the hottest commodity when it comes to the defensive side of the ball because we have a defensive sure head coach. These exact words came out of my mouth when we were talking about all the kids. I said, I think the first person I made us talk about was Clint Hurt, and I said it's going to be Clint Hurt. Like it's a hundred percent. It was the he was the guy the whole time, and it's it's it would be cool to get Fangio, but do you know who got Fangio? Someone who, who got, desperately who, needed Fangio. <laughs> who got Fangio? Uh, nobody right now. Like he's just hang he's just hanging out. Like they're saying that the Dolphins are going to end up with him. I think that the Dolphins are are uh, are going are going to try to get him, but like he could just take the year off. He doesn't need to do anything this year. Well, or right? he could go and in and be the other half of Peterson's staff and just like have Jacksonville's right. defense and get all the credit for doing that and then go get a head coaching job if he wants it. Like it's gonna yeah. be a situation like that. He got hosed in Denver. I mean, they just never gave him a quarterback. Like his yeah. defenses were good. Who they knew just... John Elway was terrible with personnel? Oh wait, everyone, <laughs> everyone knew. Just like, just, I thought that Denver situation Spoiler. was ridiculous. I felt like those teams were pretty competitive. They played good football, but they just had no quarterback. Yeah, on it turns out you need a year. quarterback to be good. Weird, huh? Yeah, it's, yeah, super weird. Like what? What teams made the playoff this year with no quarterback? Um, I'll wait. I don't feel like there was any team that had like no quarterback that made the playoffs. It's just you have to have Jimmy Garoppolo is like the baseline. <laughs> you have to be. You have to be this good. And um, Drew Locke is not – he's not that, he's not that good. No. He's not Jim, He's not even Jimmy Garoppolo, man. He's pretty, he's pretty terrible. So with that, I think bringing in Donatel is good because um, that's a guy Clint Hurts worked with. Uh, they're familiar with each other. And so I think it will be easier for Hurt to um, work with Donatel to pick up those skills he needs to be a defensive play caller. Mm-hmm. I also like – you know, the, that's the thing is, if you want to talk about, hey, we need to make some changes, we need to modernize the defense, we need to get Pete the Dinosaur up to speed on what the NFL is like, he didn't pick a bunch of guys off of the Pete Carroll tree. He picked some guys off of, like, he's picking up a guy off of Zimmer snap, off of Zimmer staff uh, in Scott, off of uh, Fangio staff in Donatel. Um, if we end up with Sean Desai, it's going to be another guy who's off of that staff as well as another guy with defensive play calling experience, um, which tells me that we should probably see some changes in the install as well as some changes in um, kind of the day-to-day and down-to-down play calling. I think that's a positive sign to me. This was this is a lot like what happened with the offense last year, and that's kind of the only thing that makes me worry is 
we didn't see a drastically different offense when we saw similar levels of change. So it, as always, comes back to whether or not Pete allows change to happen. And and I just hate like we got killed over the middle of the field last year, right? And there's no way that's just because of the the the, te- the personnel. Um, we see Trey Flowers right now. Um, he's playing pretty good for Cincinnati, but they're deploying him in a more limited uh, role that is that is more specific to him. He's basically like a tight end killer, and I, that's a really good role for him, right? Like just have him go up in there and try to beat up the tight end. Where we had him lining up ten yards off the line of scrimmage, and basically we're like, "Don't get burned, Trey. Don't get burned." It's like we we put him in a worse position, yep. right? And it, it's like like it's not just. These guys are not being put in their best position to succeed and bring in all these guys who can who are, you know, proven creative guys can probably will probably help us get more out of the talent that we do have, in my opinion. All right, Eric, is there a name that stood out to you or someone that you want to you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, we uh, Kevin ran through everything pretty much. Uh, We we went through these names a couple weeks ago and Hertz seemed like the guy who was going to be the shoe in. And I'm okay with it. I think I wanted, I think we all wanted a fresh voice, someone that would take over from Pete, do something completely different, uh, not make us mad every Sunday and on some Mondays and Thursdays. But uh, I, I do like Hurt. The Don't rare Saturday. Wrong. The rare. So the, we haven't played a Saturday game in, in at least two years, Kevin, because we, you know, we just we just suck. But so, I very well um, could have been mad about it. I could be mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I. I'm okay with it. I like the idea of a lot of guys in the room. I just go back to that point though. Can Pete get out of the way? Can we, if we're going to have just, these, co- or get everyone at least rowing in the same direction, right? If yeah, he's exactly. going to be a part, big part of it. Like, can he get everyone on the same page? The coach, yeah, did he pick people that he will listen to? And, but, <laughs> but also I mean, that's really DC what it is thing. though. No, you're right. But the code DC thing also kind of makes me go. So these guys are just going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to call this and you're going to do this. Uh, that'll be an interesting dynamic, but I do think it's, I, yeah, I, hate, a, I hate the rundown coordinator, pass game coordinator thing. You need a play caller. Yeah. Someone, code DC is someone usually needs to, a play caller and an installer. Yeah. Yeah. You it's, need someone, someone to call plays. I like, do like it, this at though, the end of the day, the, the overall choices, because it is a fresh take on what we knew was going to happen. Does that make sense? Yes. So mm-hmm. I, I like it does it. seem like we brought in a lot of guys to to kind of support the the idea. Like 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 we knew we were going to get Clint Hurt, but if we also could have done Clint Hurt with like ten also rands, right? Yep. We also could have done Clint Hurt with with Aaron Curry as the linebackers coach, and our secondary coach is now um, uh, who's the guy who used to play cornerback uh, slash safety for us, Kevin Deshaun Chad. Deshaun I'm sorry, are you, uh, are you talking Pastor Aaron Curry? Don Don Deshaun Shed is the is the secondary coach, and the defensive line coach is someone that was under Clint Hurt. A, a different Pete's kid. Brennan <laughs> Brennan Carroll's involved somehow. Exactly. All right, so that's pretty much it. I think we can uh, we can get into the, uh, the the money zone now. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so: head over to uh, onlytwelves.com. For as little as a dollar twenty-four a month, become a Patreon. Uh, Patreon gave me two alerts. Let me see. Uh, oh yeah, Blake. Blake uh, upped his pledge. What a, what a stud! Blake from Washington Fish Quest, the man, the myth, the le- the legend, uh, making the videos out there on the the YouTubes. So uh, thank you to all those who support the show. Um, that would be Andy, Brett, do it all for the Tucci, Flocktimus, Greta, James, Jos, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Blake. 
Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Leon, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and everyone else who supports the show. I appreciate you guys. Love chopping it up in the Discord with y'all, posting the memes, being goofy, uh, all that stuff. So, okay. Um, Kevin, you had a great idea for for Movie Club this week. What was your What was your great idea? Uh, yeah, it's because if there's one thing you can count on us for, it's uh, cheesy action films. But if there's a second thing you can count on us for, it's any opportunity to talk about food. Because as we all know, whatever our podcast is about, it is also about food. Mm-hmm. So we have the uh, the Super Bowl coming up over the weekend, and um, really the Super Bowl is just a chance to uh, to be fat. To be to be very fat, and such a wonderful opportunity it is, and and none of us will let it go by because we have had a long winter and we may need a couple more weeks of hibernation, and so we all have to stock up on some food so we'll be able to last these uh, these last few weeks of winter, and so I was thinking a uh, quality topic, a fave five Super Bowl foods, um, so you're going to a Super Bowl party. What are the foods that you see them? You walk in. You see them there, and you're like, "Oh, I'm glad somebody brought." All right, I'm. I'm. I've so in preparation for this, I've looked up a lot of lists of uh, most popular Super Bowl snacks, and I just have to say, for this year's specific Super Bowl, you got there's something you have to do if you're making a Super Bowl snack. It's not optional. Do you guys know what it is? Uh, I'll, po- I'll post the in the Discord. You got to do a skyline chili <laughs> yeah! dip. Exactly. That's 100% right. right. So I, I found some recipes for skyline chili cheese like dip for chips, you know? That sounds fun. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I'm, it's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got fun and festive. I got to stop this right now. You're going to put the skyline chili on chips? What about a big old heaping bowl of pesquettes? Uh, this, <laughs> with the, some, the with some onions and some... noodles are in the dip. <laughs> with some, with some, uh, with some, with some, with some onions and uh, some some ice cold cheese. <laughs> We're going seven ways to your heart, Eric. Uh, but and by that, I mean a coronary. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just uh, you, but, you but spoon no. that you spoon it on your chips. You're like, all right. Oh, there's already so, spaghetti. So, you know what this so chip I, was so... missing? Some spaghetti noodles. <laughs> Somebody touch my spaghetti. <laughs> oh, I can do that. I can do that because I'm like 70% Italian. That's allowed. <laughs> go, go. All right. Now let's now we gotta get serious. Uh Eric, start us off. What's your what we all get one shoe in, as always. So what's your shoe in? What's your what's your this is this is my uh, longtime listeners of this podcast will know that we shoe in something that we we don't want to have as a slam dunk, something that no one is really gonna say. And so uh, I'll let you guys, if you want to kind of alter this a little bit to, to make it your own, but I'm going to go with potato skins. Oh, that's such oh, a good pick. Good one. I was going to, I was going to argue potato skins in the, uh, the co category. Oh, okay. Eric, so I love you for this because it just lets me, opens me up to, to advocate for another. Snack. No, and that's because potato, potato skins are great because potato skins rule. you can have, and that's why I said, if you want to kind of alter it for your version, that's fine. Do you have all or most of the, of the potatoes scooped out? Um, are you twice baking it? Uh, I, of course, I'm going to have, uh, you know, cheese and bacon and, Preferably some uh, green onions on there, but my wife green onions. Like, ah, I hate green onions. Green onions, sour cream, sour oh, cream, yeah. just oh. fully loaded baked potato. But skin. The, when I when I like, hot sauce, I make it. Yeah, when I make it, I want it. But if I go somewhere and I see it, I'm like, oh, thank God. 
So there you go. <laughs> All right, sweet. That's a great choice. Throw, throw, throw some spaghetti. I love on. it. I love. I'm not getting hungry right now. Throw on some spaghetti. I already. Bro- no, only I can do that. <laughs> I owe you for the beginning of the show. <laughs> hey, well, I didn't do an. I didn't do an accent though. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. So, so what? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't like everybody's after me. Okay, anyway, uh, go, 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 go ahead. Now Jenny. we see why. Um. Anyway. Uh. All right. So. Uh. I. Being the over preparer that I am. I came up with categories of food that I would expect to see at a Super Bowl party. And there is only one category for which there is only one entry. And therefore, I feel obligated to put it down here because a food that I should see at every Super Bowl party is pizza. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. pizza. Pizza is a good one. I like pizza. Uh, mm-hmm. I like pizza, pizza because was, it pizza doesn't necessarily list. make your hands like messy. So you can just grab a slice. It can be, it can stay out. Like temperature doesn't matter. Pizza's good at whatever temperature it hits your mouth. And, um, and also like variety. But um, this has the caveat that cheese pizza is not pizza. It is pizza without toppings. Okay. Yeah, sure. Right. I don't want cheese pizza very much either. So I'm, I'm into it. Uh, all right, so I'm going. So I get to I get to kind of do all of that. This is tough. I'm gonna go with something that's a little uh, offbeat because you guys know I um, I like to do that. But I like a lot uh, southwestern style egg rolls. Wow, like the egg rolls with the like the chicken and the bean and the corn cilantro. They're like a little bit spicy. Um, when I worked at Rainforest Cafe, they had these on the menu, and I've probably slammed like a billion of these in my life. And uh, I, I'm the, they're kind of a pain to make. So you know, because you, you got to like c- cut up a bunch of stuff. You know, bell peppers, black beans, corn, chicken, jalapenos, green onions. You got to like mix it all in with the cheese, and then you got to roll it in the wrapper and deep fry it. I mean, you can buy the like the TGI Fridays version out of the the freezer aisle at the store and probably get like 75% as good. But um, these rule, they're so good. Um, they, they're, they're t- very tasty. Um, if you've never had them before, you should eat them. It's just a huge pain. So don't make them. For, I don't like, think something. I've ever had them, Nathan. Yeah. You never had the, the chimichachas at rainforest cafe. No. They have, they actually have something like this at, at cheesecake factory as well. I mean, basically um, like it's, it's basically just like a uh, uh, garbage in banana. Which is also to uh-huh. say really good. But I mean, it, it's like a party food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could have a, you could have an empanada instead, but this is like a, this is like a, you know, like when I think Super Bowl foods, I think like, and you'll see from my suggestions for everyone, uh, I like things that are like, um, it has to be like, ch- like cheat corny. You know what I mean? Like it has to be like something that's like, this is stupid. Like Southwestern style egg roll. That is dumb. That's so, a fusion right there. That's so like, you, it's fusion. like, I want stuff that's like, like, uh, why are you eating that? Like, that's just silly. And then you eat it and it's like, oh, this is really good. But if I ate this every day, I would die. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the vibe I'm looking for. I'm looking for the, like, this food would murder me. Um, okay. So now we got to do two more foods. All right. Uh, I think there's three top candidates. Do you want me to, to yes. lay them out? And then All you right. can add to this what list, do you Kevin. Have okay. Chicken wings. Yep. I think yes. it's like an obvious like yes. uh like thing. Uh I think the the next obvious thing is like any some kind of barbecue dish, like a brisket or a ribs or uh um like a pulled, pulled pork. pork. Yeah. Some some, some like just it, it, you could just say like barbecue dish. It doesn't really matter which one. I'm making a brisket this year for the Super Bowl. And then um 
than pigs in a blanket, dude. Really? Gotta throw it out there. The, the the little hot dogs with the with the croissants on them. Oh, yeah. I think I I think there have been Super Bowls where I've eaten like a hundred of them. <laughs> like I you could, can't eat just seven. Well, and the thing is, is if it's sitting close enough to me that I can just reach it, like I'll just eat one more. But that's what seems you have to physically move away from every once in a while because you're like, oh god, I don't. I, have I cannot to... tell you how many pans of this I've housed. <laughs> yeah, it's like someone made five hundred of these and uh, I ate two hundred and fifty of them. I don't I don't know what happened. Definitely just... left some for other people. Uh, that so, and I'll tell you some things I don't like that that maybe people are thinking. I don't like deviled eggs, and will fight to the death to to stop them from being in this fave five. I do not like, like them at all. Eggs, but that is not a Super Bowl food. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's um, that's seven, something someone seven, brings. Seven layered, like, seven layer dip. I would just rather have the the layers separated. Like I <laughs> like guacamole, and I like refried beans, but like seven layer dip is like. I end up trying to get all seven layers with one chip. Then I break the chip. Like I just don't like seven layer dip. It's a, it's a more annoying than than cool. It is cheesy, so it does fit from that regard. And I I just don't want it to be in the Fave Five. Like I don't mind if it's at the Super Bowl party, and I will eat it. <laughs> but, but but I just don't want it to be in the Fave Five. All right, Kevin, was there something I missed that you think really needs to be considered here? All right, let me talk about food categories. So okay, uh, category one, pizza. Category two, and the thing we don't have anything in is dip. I feel like some type of dip. Could be a spinach artichoke, a bean dip, a queso, a guac, salsa, buffalo chicken dip, whatever. We could just say nachos too, which is like that's dip that's what I think the... we're missing is nachos. Um, so I so I had chicken wings or meatballs, like the the mini meatballs. Mm-hmm. Um, chicken wings, yeah. I think, are the more iconic choice. Um, that's my that's my protein only group. Then I have my low mass group. Uh, so that's tacos, which I feel like the southwestern style egg rolls fill that void as well. Um, sliders, which could be your barbecue dish. Southwestern style egg rolls, which is a more trashier version of tacos. Taco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which, which, which Perfect. means better. Which is what I, which is what I want. I want <laughs> yeah. this to be as trashy as possible. Hot dogs. If you suck, um, uh, party sub, if you're even worse than the hot dog person, I, I'm being but really it's gotta be here. Jersey Mike's. <laughs> what, what, what jersey mike's a sub above a sub right? above in price only um and then i feel like there's a snack category which could be like chips popcorn crackers nuts mozzarella sticks potato skins onion rings that sort yeah. of thing you know the stat the snack thing that i really like is that just like that plate with like all the crackers and cheese on it and stuff oh yeah the, uh, the, the, the shark board shark shark coochie as i like to call it because <laughs> i think it's funny um but but uh yeah Eric, Eric, do you want to stump for hot dish? Because it's like a, it's like a Minnesota thing, and I know you have uh, some ties to, to like that that area of the country. I, I know you know to... someone from the Midwest that's near Minnesota. <laughs> uh, you know, I, know... I I like Kevin's category. South South Dakota is not a real state. It's not, and if you say the Dakotas, they fight you. But I've been to both, and, and one is thriving, the, the other one is south. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my but my wife's asleep, so I can say it. So uh, <laughs> I hear a knocking. Uh, so I like Kevin's categories of food. Oh, Eric's getting his throat slit from it's, behind. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think the dip is important. And I think in the name of compromise, I, I think nachos should be on here. Why don't we choose queso dip? It, it, what if we just do nachos like nachos is it's, oh, okay it's, it's, it's just chips it covers chips and dip all at once. And it's just like all right, I was trying on. to compromise the other way. Can I give you the super cheaty way of doing this? Sure, so no. for our last two spots, we do chicken wings and yeah. nachos, and then we do brisket nachos. Then you have oh, that. Geez. Then you have that barbecue meat. All right. 
I'm I'm sad that the little Smokies didn't make it, but I'll have to live with that. You know, before we started, and I know we got to end here, but I was thinking, and I didn't want to say it out loud because I knew you were going to say it, Nathan, but I was like, I hope someone doesn't say the little hot dogs. I hate those things. <laughs> you don't like them? No, no. I don't like them. They're like right. absolutely if, non-offensive. If they're in, in like some, uh, you know, croissant dough that I can pop 50 in my mouth, I'm fine with it. That's so what I'm talking like about. If they're a croissant witch? I actually like, am. That's what smoke. I meant, though. Oh, okay, if they're little I meant the one in a, on the not stove. the one in the barbecue sauce. I was about to say, that's like Nate was advocating hard for grape jelly and Casey masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> no, I okay. I want to clarify something. If anybody thought that I was for the one where it's like uh, ba- baked beans, but we replaced the beans with hot dogs. <laughs> I don't want that. that We're gonna get I mean, so many offensive reviews. I, I, One I, star on Apple Podcast. I like Concord grape oh, jelly. Hope you know this, my mom invented the grape jelly. <laughs> this, uh, okay, uh, we also got a really great iTunes review, so I wanted to to address it, and I, I guess it's just gonna be at the end here, even though it's totally. But this person said, "Funny overtime idea." This is an awesome iTunes review. It says, "You rely on your kicker, like in hockey, you have the shootout, you have a kickoff <laughs> where the both kicker kick to the same field goal, and they get five kicks each, and whoever makes the most wins the game." Yes, yes. I mean, honestly, so, it's just as good as it's so just good. as good as any other stuff we talked about, to be honest. So, <laughs> for Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks! Hey Nathan, don't forget to read the iTunes review. <laughs> <laughs>